Hi! Welcome to Coffee and Real Talk for Writers, where we get real about the writing life. Writing might be a solitary activity, but becoming a successful author is anything but. So grab a cuppa, pull up a chair, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome to Episode 8 of Coffee and Real Talk for Writers. I'm your host, Talina Winters, and I'm recording this on Thursday, February 17, 2022. And I'm going to try a more unscripted version today just because I'm a little short on time and a little short on brain power to write any more words today. I've already written quite a few. Um, so hopefully that doesn't mean I'm going to ramble on and this is going to take forever. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I do have a couple of things I want to talk about in this episode. Um, one is about ways we can present opportunities for opportunity to knock, if that makes sense. And I will explain that in a bit. Uh, uh, but first, I'm going to talk about um, my highs and lows for the week. So high for the week. Um, you know what, I'm going to start with the low because it kind of started low again. And I don't know, again, I mean, I feel kind of embarrassed coming on here every week, I'm going to be honest and telling you like, I had this really topsy-turvy emotional week, um, but it's been kind of that way lately. And so I don't know what to say, but fortunately I did have a breakthrough yesterday. Um, I think, I, I don't know what's happening, but I, there seems to be some major resistance with my story that I'm, I was working through. And again, I think it goes back to, as I was saying, I, as soon as I set a deadline for myself, I just had some fear kick in that I wouldn't be able to actually make the deadline. And so then the fear then caused me to be blocked and it became kind of a self-perpetuating cycle that I allowed to continue for probably two weeks too long. Even though I was writing some words in those two weeks, uh, it felt like really, really difficult. So yeah, it came to a head this week and um, I think there may have been some hormonal issues involved as well, but let's just say it came to like the, the not pretty state of being a writer, being a creative person where like massive imposter syndrome was right rearing its head. So a big old helping of imposter syndrome, it just goes to show you that it never quite goes away. And I think um, for me, like, I think what happened is, I had this fear manifest and then what I wanted to do was get some dopamine to contradict it. And so then I was very easily distracted by things that would give me those quick hits. And for me, that's getting things done. So I was like getting stuff done on my website and doing quick marketing things and admin stuff, which again, like I said before, it was important, but not more important than the writing that I should have been doing. So I'm not going to miss my deadline with my editor yet, I don't think, um, but it will make my schedule a little more cramped. And uh, interestingly, how I got through this, um, kind of got to a crisis point, I guess, yesterday of like berating myself for not being able to, to do what I would normally do of just sit down and write anyway. Um, and I was listening to the Selmore Books Show podcast, and um, I love that podcast because Claire Taylor and Brian Cohen, they're both so cheerful and positive um, all the time, and they 
have so much to wisdom to share and they have great banter, but I just also love the wisdom that they have to share. And one of the things that Claire said in yesterday's episode was um, about just, it had something to do with, with getting, getting it done, getting the words down and telling yourself that we'll fix it in post. And that just, I mean, it's not a new concept by any stretch. I have to tell myself that continually, but I actually wrote it down on a little uh, sticky note and put it on my monitor. We'll fix it in post. And then the other thing that I thought I would try that seemed to help, I think I was putting so much too much pressure on myself, as I said, like as I was falling a little further behind in my plan schedule, then I was stressing this, okay, now I need to do even more words in a day to get caught up. And that number was becoming more and more unmanageable to me and therefore compounding the fear that I wouldn't be able to do this. And so what I did is I just told myself, you know what, all you have to do, all I'm going to expect myself to do is 500 words before lunch. And I wrote that on a sticky note too, and I stuck it on my monitor. And so yesterday I wasn't able to actually get myself, like force myself or get into the mode of writing until like 11 o'clock. And I start my days at 830. So I'd been piddling around for quite some time by then. And then, so I, I, got, I, I got to this like 500 words before lunch and I looked at that and I'm like, well, I can do that. So I sat there and my body was trying to tell me I was hungry. It was trying to distract me with all the things, but I got started and then it was easy. And about halfway through my session, I was like really in flow, but then I actually stopped for a minute and I realized I wasn't hungry I was actually really enjoying myself and all those horrible feelings I'd been feeling for a week had gone away. I felt really good. I was like, I was getting the words down on the page and I was actually almost at 500 words already. And I looked at that and I'm like, why, why was I so afraid of doing this? Why was I having a hard time getting in the chair? And so it's these ridiculous things that I'm sure psychologists everywhere shake their heads at creatives. But anyway, I got my 500 words before lunch done. I went and I ate, even though at that point my body was saying, well, you're not all that hungry, but I did know that I would be more creative after I'd eaten. Plus it would give me that time over lunch to think about the rest of the chapter that I'd started. And it was awesome. I came back and then I wrote for another two hours. In the three hours total that I wrote yesterday, I wrote 3,500 words, which was almost a thousand words an hour. No, over, I can do math. <laughs> it was over three, over a thousand words an hour, which is amazing. So basically in three hours, I wrote more than I would typically expect myself to write in four hours. And so I thought today again, well, I'll try it again. And so instead of stressing that I was doing little admin piddly things for the first bit of my morning when my brain was still foggy and I was still waking up, I just let myself do it. There were a couple little tasks that I needed to get done admin-wise, and I did them while I was listening to a podcast and drinking my coffee. And then it was pretty soon. It was time for a morning break and then and then getting started on the writing at around 11 again. And I said, okay, 500 words before lunch. And I did it again. Same thing. It was, except for I wasn't as afraid today because fortunately it had that good experience yesterday to draw from. And so I did the 500 words. Same thing again. Um, my body was trying to tell me I was hungry at the beginning. 
By the end, I wasn't overly hungry, but I again went and ate, came back, wrote the rest of the chapter in the next two hours, and I was done right exactly when I thought I would be done, and I was able to move on. And so I'm going to try and give myself a little more grace. The other thing I did yesterday before I finally got started too is I pulled up a list I'd gotten from uh, Becca Syme when I joined her newsletter, which was the stuck list. And there was a lot of things in that document. There was really only one thing I needed in there, which was that um, maybe what I needed to do is throw away my outline and just write more intuitively. And I think that actually helped too, because I think part of the pressure I was putting on myself was that things were going off a little track from my outline. I thought, oh no, if I do that, then I'm going to have to re-outline. But I kind of told myself, well, it's not going to get any worse than it already is, which is me not writing. So I'm like, I'll just write. And then if it turns out to be crap, I will throw it out and I will redo it later. We'll fix it in post. So kind of all those things came together. I had that really good day, writing day yesterday. And again, today, I'm feeling much better about the project. Kind of redid the math. And I realized that if I just keep writing a chapter a day on my scheduled writing days without having to do any extra, I'll still have a week at least to get my revisions done. And because I write so clean and I have a feeling that the book will be in pretty good shape, that shouldn't be a problem. However, I also happen to have um, like no editing projects planned for that last week before it goes to my editor. So if I have to spend extra time working on it, I can. Anyway, so that was kind of my high and my low of the week all wrapped into one. So let's move on. Um, as far as the actual progress in the story, as of today, I'm at, I think it was at 44,000 words. I'm past the midpoint by a chapter. Uh, yesterday I was writing that midpoint, which was fun because it's always a bit of a high in the story and it's a romance. So they finally got to kiss. Whee! Anyways, um, so that was fun. And then uh, the other story progress thing that I've had recently is I've been thinking about... Um, ways that I can promote this. And for me, marketing and the writing, they all kind of go together. And so I've been trying to think of um, good newsletter magnets for a while. And I've struggled with this for a bit. My current newsletter magnet is the novella prequel for my Rise of the Gregory series. So I don't have anything for ro romance readers. I do have a free romance novella out there in the world on platforms, but I'm not using it as my newsletter lead magnet. Magnet. Ideally, I'd like to have one magnet for my romance readers and one magnet for my fantasy readers. And I'd like them to both be exclusive that they can only get them from my newsletter. So I've actually been thinking of these ideas. And there was a chapter I wrote that was the original prologue for The Sphinx's Heart that I got an idea this week. And I think I can actually turn that into at least a short story if not a short novel of its own, that would be a good exclusive uh, lead magnet for my fantasy readers. But as for my romance readers, I'm still kind of working it out. So my brain is still noodling on the romance thing. Um, the story I'm working on now is going to be free eventually uh, as a first in series free once I have two, at least two more books out in the series, but it still won't be a newsletter magnet for my, or a lead magnet for my newsletter readers. And it 
it won't be exclusive. It'll be up on platforms as cheap advertising to draw people into the series. So yeah, I'm noodling. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay, um, I got a reader comment or a listener comment. Yay! Uh, on episode six, which was the hidden value of our connections. And the comment was left on my uh, podcast blog on my website by Brenna Bailey Davies. And Brenna is a friend of mine. So I was, it was lovely to get this. And she said, I, sorry, the question of the week that week, which I think was the first week we did a question of the week. And the question of the week was, how have you seen the hidden value you and others bring to the table pay off in your career or in your life? And Brenna said, I have seen the hidden value of my connections pay off in so many ways. For example, I connected with Erin Surveyus, or Survey, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, sorry, Brenna, on Twitter over editing, and now I work with her and we run webinars together. I also met an amazing woman named Talina Winters on social media, and now I'm part of a mastermind group with her and two other fantastic women who are some of my biggest supporters and mentors for writing. And yes, that's how I got to know Brenna. We didn't really know each other well when we started on the mastermind group together, but it's been so awesome to have her as part of that group. And I know I've mentioned the mastermind a few times. This was something that I did. Um, I, I kind of organized in March of 2021 at a time when I was really missing community and that networking support after being isolated so long in the pandemic. And so we, for the most part, we just meet uh, once a month on Zoom, but we also have a Slack channel where we're constantly just texting back and forth, asking questions, uh, giving support, sharing our wins. It's been such a wonderful experience. And Brenna is an amazing editor. Uh, she has uh, her own editing company called Book Martin Editorial. And she is also a writer. She's going to be releasing her first book, I think, uh, later this year. And it's going to be a queer golden years, small town romance. So that is going to be interesting. I'm excited to see how that goes for her. Uh, and speaking of question of the week, we will have a question of the week at the end of this episode. So if you want to leave your response, you can just go to my podcast at talinawinters.com slash podcast and leave a response on the episode itself. Okay, marketing progress this week. Uh, as I said, I've been doing lots of little marketing things, mostly website related still in the last week. Um, but what I wanted to actually talk about, as I said at the beginning, was inviting opportunity to knock. And what I mean by that is, um, I guess it's basically the, the old idea of if you want to catch a fish, throw lots of hooks in the water. So you need to actually be able to be found. And having a website to kind of build on what I talked last week, talked about last week about branding and, and the importance of having a website. Having a website is one of the easiest ways to be found. When I was working as a journalist, um, I was writing for a promotional magazine for our region and we have so much amazing talent in our region. And that was what the magazine was there to promote. However, once the pandemic hit, uh, there were some difficult decisions that had to be made because of course, um, we didn't really want to send now we meaning the, the owners of the magazine, I didn't make this decision. Um, but they didn't want to send the photographers out to 
be near people because we had no idea what the virus was doing or what it was capable of and everybody was being ultra safe. And so some of the decisions that were made were a lot of them were based on the web presence that a company already had, whether or not they had good photography, whether or not um, it would be easy to write about them remotely without having to necessarily send someone out to interact with them personally. Now, as the journalist, I always did my job remotely. I was always doing phone interviews. I wasn't ever going to visit someone, but um, it did make a difference. And I just want you to think about that when you are trying to decide what kind of a web presence to have, uh, you want to tell people about who you are. You want them to relate to you. I like to talk about marketing as basically a, a brand is inviting someone to be part of their story. That is not a good way to say that. Uh, basically, anytime, um, like you, what we do with marketing is we, is we tell stories. And we're actually trying to invite people to be part of the story that we're telling. So when somebody is saying that, a song is their song. They have now made that song part of their story. Or if you see people on book talk going wild about a certain book, it's not that they are like going wild over the author. They are actually making the story in that book part of the story of their own lives, which is exactly what we want. That's how we get fans. So what you're doing with your web presence and your brand is you're just creating more opportunities for people who um, will connect with your product to be part of your story and to make it part of their story, essentially, is what we want to do. I'm doing a lot of uh, movements with my hands here. I'm sure that you're really getting the gist from that. Anyway, um, so this played out, this has played out a lot of ways for me, just having a website over the years has led to a lot of opportunities. Having a book, uh, getting your first book published leads to a lot of opportunities that probably would never have been open before. So, you know, like keep going, keep building these little incremental steps. Every little thing you do is another way to have people discover you and make you part of their story. So when you turn it around like that and think about how you're going to appeal to people is that you want to make that they, you want them to, to resonate so much with your story that you're telling with your brand that they want it to be part of their story. It's more of a reader centric way of thinking or client centric way of thinking, which is exactly what we do with marketing is we're actually serving our clients by marketing to them. And I know some readers, sorry, sorry, some authors feel really skeevy about marketing, but I think that's because they're thinking of marketing, of the types of marketing that are really self-centered and selfish. When you go past a coffee shop and they have a picture of a delicious cup of coffee and a cinnamon bun that's just like oozing with sugar and cream cheese on their window and it makes you want to go in there and have one of those do you feel like they were being smutty or kind of gross by trying to appeal to you in that way? Or do you think that they actually are helping you and helping themselves at the same time, of course, but, but they were just connecting with you by appealing to something that you desire 
And that's all that we're trying to do as authors as well. We're actually trying to serve our reader by marketing to them. Because they're going to love what we have. They just don't know about it yet. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this did play out for me recently. I had another opportunity, which I'm not sure if I can talk about too much yet. But basically, I had someone connect with me and present an opportunity to me that I hadn't actively been seeking. But because I had a web presence on my website that outlined what my skills and uh, services were, and also because I had um, other directory listings and stuff out there, they came to me, gave me this fantastic opportunity that I actually was interested in. I get opportunities pitched to me all the time. (laughs) Let's be honest. Once you have a web presence, you're going to get some not so great opportunities pitched to you constantly just because. So you got to learn to have some filters, but this was a good one. And so I'm excited to see where it goes. So for next week, I'm looking forward to getting even more of this writing done. I also have, I'm working on an editing project that's due at the end of next week. So it's probably going to take some priority in the next week so I can um, make sure I finish that on time. Uh, Monday is a holiday in Alberta. It's family day, and I know that it's a holiday a few places, but it's not family day everywhere. But um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to a long weekend with my family, but also to get some writing done. I'm probably just going to do less of that admin next week. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, Because as I said, Monday's usually my admin day, and it's going to be mostly a day off for me. Um, So for our mug quote of the week, um, going along with that theme, is if opportunity doesn't knock... Build a Door by Milton Berle. And that's exactly what I was trying to say, is that if you build a door, you're actually giving opportunity a chance to knock. So question of the week this week, when was a time opportunity knocked because you'd built a door for it to knock on? And how did that pay off? Uh, You can leave your response on Twitter. You can tweet me at Talina Winters or you can go to my podcast at talinawinters.com slash podcast and leave a comment on this episode. I will put a link in the show notes and hopefully it actually comes through this week. I think I made a mistake last week and it didn't come through everywhere. Uh, So much to learn with this podcasting thing. Anyways, if you have any other questions or comments or things you'd like me to talk about in future episodes, please uh, send me a comment about that or an email talina at talinawinters.com. And I'd love to hear your favorite opportunity quotes, if you have any. So thank you so much for having coffee with me. I guess it's going to be a little shorter this week instead of a little longer, and that's okay. Um, I hope you have a great week and happy writing. Coffee and Real Talk for Writers has been produced by Talina Winters. The music for this podcast was written by Josh Rickard of joshrickardmusic.com. You can find episode show notes, leave a comment, subscribe, or if you're feeling generous, buy me a coffee at talinawinters.com slash podcast. And be sure to leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Tell your friends to come by too. The kettle's always on. So until next time, I hope you keep writing and keep it real. Thanks for listening. Bye.